man speaking to a friend. So you will see how close Moses was to God. Hallelujah. The Bible says there's no prophet that has been like Moses, who God was able to speak to face to face and mouth to mouth. So you ask yourself, what made some of these people so close to God? So I want to talk to us about how to be close to God. How can I get close to God? The Bible says that you and I should be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Those who through faith and patience were able to inherit the promises. So now the question is, how do we get close to God? How, how, how can I be close to God? What, what, what are some of the things I can do? How can I be like David who was so close to God that God blessed him? And God said to him that, David, I'm going to bless you. And, and, and because of your commitment to, to me, I'm going to bless you so much that even Christ will come from you. King David was very special. Everything starts with David. Of course, you have Abraham. The Jewish people or the children of Israel, they, come, they start from Abraham. Mankind starts from Adam. And then the promise starts from Abraham. But the covenant that, or the messianic covenant starts with Christ Jesus, even though it started with, sorry, starts with David, even though it originated from Abraham. Now, David, I mean, David was such a person who loved God so much. Deep commitment to God. What can we do to have that closeness to God like David did? These are some of the things I want to talk about. Look at even 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him. So what the Bible is saying is that God's eyes are running to and fro. The eyes of the Lord are, are, are looking all over the earth, looking for someone who is so committed to him that he would show himself strong or he would strengthen them and he would keep them. So I believe that all of us listening want to be close to God, want to be one of God's favorite children, want to be so close to God that when we come to God, God hears what we see. When we come to God, and we ask him for something, it is as good as that. Because when you are very close to someone and you ask them for something, they are more likely to hear you and to listen to you than somebody else, even though all Christians have access to God. Every Christian has access to God. Every Christian has the right to be able to speak to God for themselves. Nevertheless, you and I as Christians, we, we can be so close to God that we will not necessarily need anyone else. I don't know if I get what I'm saying. You don't necessarily need anyone else. We will always need people to pray for us. We will always need each other. But you don't need anyone else to always be praying for you because you cannot pray for yourself. Because you know God for yourself. Now, there are certain things that certain people did that drew them very, very close to God. And these are some of the things that we'll talk about. Now, we all know that God does not see as man sees. When David was anointed king, before he was anointed king, the Bible says that they, uh, uh, Samuel was supposed to anoint the king, the next king over Israel, or of Israel, because uh, Saul, King Saul had sinned and uh, sinned against God, and he was again, I mean, God had rejected him. He didn't sin against God because he had done some very crazy thing. He sinned against God because he thought sacrifice was more important than obedience. And he, he, and, and how do I say it? Because you realize that David made it. King Saul, of course, he, his last night was spent at the witch's house. So God rejected King Saul because his, his last, last night was spent at the witch's house. He consulted a witch. He also disobeyed God. He was also a stubborn. These are some of the reasons why God rejected him. But nevertheless, the rejection started before he went to the witch's place. He also killed many pastors. He actually went and, and killed many priests. Now, what made Saul so rejected against God that God had to look for someone else? You see that King Saul, when he was sent to go and destroy the enemies, he, he, he brought the, the, the nicest sheep, the nicest cattle. He brought all of them to sacrifice and brought the king. And the, uh, uh, Samuel said, ah, What's going on? Did you not obey God? 
I told you that you should not do certain things and you should do certain things. I told you that God wanted you to destroy everything there and you should not perform the sacrifices, that the sacrifices were going to be performed by me. All of a sudden, Saul uh, spares the, the king and, and spares many of the, the, the cattle and the sheep and then starts to perform the sacrifice. Why? Because the people were agitated and the people were getting tired and the people were putting pressure on him. So you see that King Saul, there was so much pressure on him that he decided to disobey God. So sometimes you and I can disobey God because of pressure. We can disobey God because there's a lot of pressure from people, pressure from uh, uh, different people, different people around us, people, our colleagues, whoever it is, different people. Sometimes even family members, sometimes even church folk. There could be so much pressure that you would even be pushed to disobey God. So the Bible says that Samuel came and then said, ah, King Saul, why have you disobeyed me? Or why have you disobeyed God? And then some, uh, King Saul said, no, I've not disobeyed God. I've followed your instructions. I have killed, I've destroyed everything from the enemy. And now everything is okay. I'm sacrificing. And someone said, then if you have uh, uh, obeyed God, why am I hearing the sacrifice? God said that you should destroy everything and leave nothing. And then I am going to perform the sacrifice. But so, uh, King Saul was very, very stubborn about it. So because of that, God uh, uh, watched him and said, that oh, this guy, to obey is better than to sacrifice and to hacking more than the fat of rams. So God was trying to say that you can sacrifice all you want, but if you don't obey, it doesn't really matter. And I can identify with that because sometimes when I want certain things done, maybe in church and I give an instruction, let A, B, C be done, and it's done in C, D, E, it's done, but it didn't count because it wasn't done the way it was supposed to be done. So that is what God uh, uh, said. And then Samuel went to the king's palace, King Saul, and told him that God has chosen someone better than you because you, you rejected the commandments of the Lord. You were stubborn and you rejected the commandments of the Lord. And then King Saul, because Samuel set up this in front of all Israel, because everyone could see it. Everyone could see that uh, Samuel was pointing at him and, and telling King Saul that, look, God has rejected you. You are finished, blah, blah, blah. And King Saul wanted to be honored in front of the people. So as Samuel, the prophet Samuel said all he had to say and was leaving, then King Saul rushed to him and said, honor me in front of the people. And as he was pulling the skirt or the robe of, of the prophet, he tore it by accident. And then the prophet saw that it was torn and said, look, the same way you tore my robe, the kingdom has been torn from you. And that was it. So it set the cause of distraction for him. And then he spent his last night at the witch's place because he wanted to consult a witch to find out, uh, to, to, to consult. Actually, he wanted to consult a witch so that he could bring Samuel from the dead, the prophet Samuel from the dead, so that he could ask him questions. Now, that, that is a very uh, interesting passage in the Bible, a very, very interesting passage because you are not able to summon anyone from the dead. So the question is, who came up? The Bible says someone came up and said, why have you summoned me? Why? I'm not supposed to be summoned. No, no, this is wrong. You're not supposed to do that. And then went back down. Now, did someone really come back from the dead or it was a familiar spirit? Because that's a very important puzzling uh, scripture because when you and I die, we go to heaven or to hell. Definitely the ones listening to me, when we die, we go to heaven. Those who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, they go to hell. But before Christ came, what happened? They went to Abraham's bosom. Hallelujah. So the prophet Samuel was in Abraham's bosom. So how was he able to come up? Most likely it was a familiar spirit. Hallelujah. Anyway, that's just by the way. So these are things that cause God to reject Samuel. Sorry, to reject King Saul. But nevertheless, you and I would not have rejected King Saul because what he did was not as bad as what David the king did. So why did God accept David and reject King Saul? Because God said, I have found, it, I have found the son of Jesse 
who is going to fulfill all my will for him. I have this testimony about him, that he's a man after my own heart, who is going to fulfill all my will for him. How did God choose David? How did God choose Mary to be the mother of God, to be the mother of Jesus Christ? What caused God to choose him? Hey, what, what, why did God decide to choose Peter, James, and John? What were the reasons? These are some of the things that we want to read or learn about so that we will be picked. Because the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. When the Bible says God is no respecter of persons, it means that if God chose someone because the person honored him, God can choose you and I if we honor him. If God rejected someone because of something he did or she did, then God can reject another person because of what they do. If God sees certain things that the person does as honor to him, then he will continue to see it the same way. Whatever God saw as honor in the Old Testament is what he sees in the New Testament and is what he sees now. What God sees as dishonor in the Old Testament is exactly what he sees as dishonor in the New Testament, and that is what he considers dishonor now. So what can we do? We know for sure that God does not see as man sees. God looks at the heart whilst man looks at the outward appearance. So it means that before we get into it, I want to just talk about the heart. It means that you and I must make it a point to work on our hearts. Work on your heart because my heart and your heart, our hearts are the most important part of us. Now, we know that the heart is referred to in different ways depending on what scripture we are, we are, we are reading. For example, the Bible talks about the inward man of the heart or the hidden man of the heart or the cryptos man in Greek, which means that the spirit man, the hidden man of the heart. And we also have the heart, man's heart, the, the, the the, the, the person, the, the person's self, what, what controls or, or, or causes the person to act and react. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So this is very, very important because the heart, from your heart will determine what you and I will do, what you and I will be. If, 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 if faith is in your heart, faith will come out. You can't you can't hide it. If doubt and defeat is in your heart, that is exactly what will come out. There's nothing you can do about it. If, 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 if hypocrisy or, 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 or envy or, or, or quarreling is in your heart, that's all come out. You, nothing more can come out. The Bible says a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can an evil fruit, uh, tree produce uh, or bring forth good fruit. But an evil tree will produce evil fruit, and a good tree will produce good fruit, but a tree is known by its fruits. Can I have an amen? So you and I, we must be known by God to be people whose hearts are pure, perfect towards him, in spite of our deficiencies. In spite of our deficiencies. Guard your heart. When the Bible says guard your heart, look at Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Keep your heart. We'll look at other versions. So get ready. Keep your heart or keep thine heart or thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Out of it. Out of the heart are the issues of life. Now, sometimes when we, when we talk about heart, it, it talks about not just the heart, but also the soul and the mind. And because remember that for something to enter the heart, it must get to the mind first. You must see, hear something, feel something. Once you've seen, remember we are getting to the next, the, the, another version. Once you've seen, heard, or felt something, or whatever it is, then it gets into your mind. Once it is in your mind, depending on what you do with it, you reject it or you accept it or you feed upon it because you can reject it, it goes, or you can accept it, it stays, or you can feed on it but not accept it and by default, you've accepted it because you fed on it. Once you continue to ponder upon it, then it enters into the heart. So the Bible is, Bible is saying, I'm surprised you've not got the verse. 
So the Bible is saying that you and I should keep on guard our hearts. Means that there must be a, 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 like, like, a, like a, a cage or, or like a, a, an inner covering. You and I must be the guard of our hearts. Remember that I didn't say pray that God will guard your heart. It says you guard your heart because God cannot go against our, or, or force us against our will. Why should a human being force me to do something or not do something when God in heaven cannot force you? God in heaven does not uh, 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 pressure us against our will. So a human being is not allowed to do the same, especially if it's against your will. A human being is supposed to advise you and counsel you, push you, uh, sometimes even put pressure on you to do the right thing, but not a, a, a demand against your will. So God will not tell you, or God will not guard your heart for you. God will not guard my heart for me. But the Bible is saying, above all else, guard your heart. So you and I are to, to put a block on our hearts and to decide what enters. Keep it there, please don't move it. Decide what enters. What will enter my heart? I hear something. I see something. I read something. Now it's in my mind. Am I going to allow it to enter into my heart by feeding upon it, by pondering upon it, by thinking about it, accepting it, or I am going to reject it? Thoughts that are not spoken out or meditated upon die unborn with no fruit. But thoughts that are fed upon enter into the heart and takes you to a different area. I'm sure many uh, people know the story. Uh, let's keep it here. Uh, uh, Kenneth Hagen tells a, a story about a vision Jesus Christ gave him about a pastor's wife, a lady pastor's wife who uh, used to sing in church, outstanding beauty. He, he said that they are beautiful men, but they're striking beauty. So he, he is the one who was seeing it. I have not seen her picture. But he was talking about how striking her beauty was and how she sang in church and uh, uh, she was a pastor's wife and all, all that stuff. And after, well, maybe after bathing and getting ready to sleep while she's looking in the mirror, you know, organizing herself for bed, then a thought will come into her mind saying, you are so beautiful. You are beautiful and you should actually go out there. There's a lot out there for you. You can have a singing career. You can become big out there because you are doing very well in church. Everyone knows you in church. You are very, very successful in, in singing. So why don't you go out there? He said, I rebuke this thought in Jesus' name. This is not God. Out in Jesus' name. The devil left. Then the devil kept coming. You are so beautiful. I reject it. Yes, I'm beautiful, but I reject it. Oh, I'm beautiful, so what? So she kept on rejecting it, rejecting it. But it was in her mind, it didn't enter the heart because she was rejecting it. She was rejecting it. But she should have guarded her heart. Because she didn't guard her heart, as the thoughts kept on coming, she said to herself, one day the devil told her, after maybe 100 times or whatever, that you are so beautiful. You should be out there and be very successful and famous because you are a very good singer and you are gorgeous. Then she said to herself, it's true, I'm gorgeous. Maybe it would be good to be out there because God can do something with me. So she started to entertain the thoughts. Because she entertained the thoughts, the thoughts kept on being fed in the mind until Kenneth Hagen saw a vision of a black, black, tiny black uh, dot on her head, meaning that the, 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 the thought or the devil's suggestion was in the mind. Because someone will say, why is it the devil if I can go into the world and be successful as a musician? Why is it the devil if I'm beautiful? It's not the devil. How can it be the devil? It's true I'm beautiful. It's true I can do well. But God can give a suggestion. The devil can give a suggestion. It could be similar suggestions because the devil gave it. 
there's an agenda for you to go down. God could have also told her that you are beautiful. Why don't you go out there? God could have told her that, but because it wasn't God who told her, that was the problem. But when I finish, you understand why it was a problem. So it was a black dot. Then she continued to entertain the idea that I can go out there and do something. And then the dot became big. And then she saw the dot move from the mind, the head to the heart. Then what happened? Then, so you see that head, she didn't get a hat. The Bible says, resist the devil, you flee from you. The Bible says, and Satan left Jesus after tempting him for a season. Satan doesn't finish, he keeps coming. You continue to come till we die. Because you can be old, you might not fornicate, you can be old, you might not go and do something bad, but you can sin with what you say before you die. So the devil is going to continue to tempt. And sometimes what we say is sometimes worse than what we do, depending on the motive for what we said or the motive or whatever, why we are saying. So the, 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 the dots entered the heart. Now this lady started to go to nightclubs to be seen by people so that she would hit, the, she would, she would hit a, a, a record deal and become famous. She was going to nightclubs, singing in nightclubs, stop singing Christian songs. By the time the devil had gotten to her at a certain point, she had left the church, left her husband, and was sleeping with different men in town. Different men sleeping with them. But Jesus told Canadian that in the vision that she was still my child. All she needed to do was to come back to me. Anyone who is vaccinated is still a child of God because you can have a child, a child has messed up, but they are still your child. Only that the fact that they are your child does not mean that they will not perish if they do continue in the wrong way, but they are still your child. All they need to do is to come back. So Jesus spoke and again that this woman was still my child, even though she was sleeping around and doing boozing, clubbing, all these things. She was still my child. But a time came because the devil was not, the aim was not for her to go to nightclub. It was for her to lose her faith. That was the end goal. So what happened? She left the church, left her husband, and was in a hotel with a man. When these gowns, the hotels, they usually have, <laughs> they usually have these gowns. Anytime I tell a story, it's so funny. Uh, funny because I had described it, but not funny because of what happened to her. But they have these gowns. So she was wearing a gown and she had a knock on the door. She opened the door. She was boosted or so. So her breasts were showing. I mean, just like down. She, she was not even interested. It was a past, the assistant pastor saying that, come home. Your husband wants to be back. Please come home. Come home. You God still loves you. Come back. Come back. But this woman who had tasted God, had tasted of the, of, of the good word of God, was what knew the Lord. You know what she said? She said, to hell with that. Then she mentioned our Lord's name. To hell with whatever. And slammed the door. So Jesus told Kenneth Hagen in the vision that she was still my child, but the, the day she said to hell with that, he mentioned, I can't even, even say it, but she mentioned it. She, 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 she didn't say it because she was angry but she willingly, intentionally rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was the end of her. She went to hell. So Satan's goal was fulfilled. Now let's go back to the verse. Guard your heart. Whether it is about something you are trusting God for, guard your heart. Are you trusting God for healing? Are you trusting God for a miracle? Are you trusting God for a breakthrough? Are you trusting whatever you are trusting God for? Guard your heart so that you would not allow doubt to enter. For it affects everything you do. The heart affects everything you do, and may, may, at the end of the day, it also affects what you become. It affects our future. Our hearts affect our future. So this lady who started well is in hell, at least according to the vision Kennedy had. And he knew this lady. This, this was a lady who was famous in, no, well, not famous, but the pastor's wife in life when Kenneth Hagen was alive. 
some years ago. And he saw the vision of her when she was still alive and in nightclubs. And God showed her him everything that happened. So ladies and gentlemen, the hearts, that's why when Samuel went to, to, to uh, Jesse's house and saw, and God told him that, look, the next king is going to come from Jesse. It's going to come from Jesse. So Samuel saw Eliab and the, 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 the other brothers, the high stature. He said, I, God said, I have not chosen one. So I didn't choose him. Doesn't mean he's not qualified. Only that there's a better one than him. So I did not choose him. There was one who was rejected. So one was not chosen. One was rejected. I have rejected this one. I have not chosen this one. So if God didn't choose Eliab or whoever he was, it meant that he can be chosen another time. But just not now. There's someone better. There's first choice. He could have been second, third choice. One was rejected. May you and I never be rejected by God. So he went through all the brothers and there was none. Then God said, and then someone said, the anointing was strong. I know God spoke to me. I'm a prophet. And God's words will not fall to the ground. It is shown in your house. What is going on? You've brought all your sons and none of them have been approved by God. Do you not have any other sons? Jesse said, oh, I have one son, but let's not worry about him. He's not, there's no way he's part of it. So I didn't mean, yeah, sanctify him. The, the sons needed to be sanctified before they went. David did not, was not even sanctified. He, he just was in the, in, the, 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 in the wilderness looking after the few sheep. Then someone said, oh, you still have a little one. Then I'm not going to sit, I'm going to stand. I'm not going to sit till he comes. And as David came, raggedy and just nice looking or whatever, the Bible talks about how he was nice and just young, but that boy, God was excited and said, this is the guy. This is he. Anoint him to be king. And God anointed him. Why was he chosen? Someone who was looking after a few sheep. Who knows, maybe Elabel or some of the other ones were looking after thousands of sheep. So it also shows that sometimes it's not per se how well you are doing in, in, in whatever you are doing that counts. It's more were you faithful to God? Were you faithful to what God said? When you read, read the final quest, there's a guy who is always in one of the high thrones in heaven. Why is he in one of the high thrones in, in heaven or in one of the high thrones in heaven? At least according to the vision, it's not uh, true in the Bible, but this is a vision someone had. Why is it? Why was he at one of the high thrones in heaven? There was a beggar who was an unbeliever. He had never gone to church before. He had never gone to Sunday school. He had never gone to any of these things before. He, he, he didn't know the Lord until he was a bit older. And then someone spoke to him. He gave his life to Christ. He would go around telling people about Jesus. And people would just dog him, get away, get away. And he only won one soul. And he died as a martyr because he protected someone from the cold and covered the person up and died. Now he's at one of the high thrones because what God gave him to do on earth, that one thing, he did it. He was only supposed to win one soul and to use all the talent and the love God gave him to be able to keep someone safe. So you, I could be there and maybe I'm supposed to do 100 things and I've only done 20 things. Or yes, only 20 things, but the 20 things look like a lot for everybody. David had a few sheep. The few sheep, so it's not per se how well you are doing, so long as you are faithful. Because David was despised. When he was going to meet Goliath, the, the brother said, ah, but you despise them. You, you, you are, you've come here because you are naughty. Who have you left those few sheep with? Like just despising him. And he said, ah, what, what have I got to do with you? Oh, say that to that. What, what have I got to do with you? And he turned away and, and, and looked to another. So ladies and gentlemen, 
what, what, what is, was it about David? We'll, we'll talk about it later on. Of course, not today. I'm just wrapping up. But what was it about David the king that made him special? I mean, I want that thing of God, where God says that this guy is, is untouchable. Anytime someone sinned greatly, murdered people, God usually tested them because he wanted them to die. I'll explain it. For example, Ahab. There was one day God told the king, go and make sure you wipe out everything. Don't leave any left. And he left the king. Now, another time I'll explain why it was necessary for that and how archaeology proves it. Maybe I'll share it on Sunday. I don't know that Sunday will, but uh, there are reasons why God told the children of Israel to destroy everything there. And uh, uh, in the past, when Moses and the children of, sorry, when Joshua and the children of Israel went to uh, the promised land, because they had not wiped out everyone, even archaeology says that their religion was mixed with pagan religion. Some of the symbols they were mixed. So, and the Bible explains that in, in Judges, that he decided to serve other gods and God spoiled them and sent spoilers to spoil them, meaning that God brought the enemy or allowed the enemy to affect them and then they brought judges. We'll talk about that another time. Hallelujah. So Ahab had done so much. Did, did you understand what I just said? You can just give a thumbs up. Okay. Yes. So Ahab was wicked. So God told him, uh, go to the king. Kill everything, destroy everything. Make sure you leave now. And then he, he left the king. So as he left the king and was in the chariot, and the, and, and the king was being uh, paraded around because he was victorious, a prophet was told by God to disguise himself. Disguise yourself. Put sackcloth, ashes, pretend to be a beggar, like a, a vagabond, that, that, you know, a, somebody who is just moving around. And then he did that and then stopped the chariot. Please, king, king, I have a question. I have a question. Then the king said, say on us, the chariot was going. Then he said, the, 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 prophet, the prophet who disguised himself asked, I was given command of someone to keep and to secure and never to let the person go. And somehow, as whilst I was going around my business, the person escaped. What should happen? The king said, you should die. Are you getting me so far? Then the prophet removed the disguise and said, you are that person. As you have spoken that the person should die, you will die. And he died. That don't mean that immediately, but he died. Now, David the king did something worse. David the king went to take someone's wife, killed the man, took the wife. Now, that's worse, at least to me, for me, than God, not keeping someone alive. But you know, to God, it's, it's, it's different. Now, the prophet Nathan, after David had killed the king, took uh, Bathsheba, killed Uriah, sorry, David had killed Uriah, taking Uriah's wife as his wife. Then Nathan, the prophet, came and said, David, I have something to discuss with you. Please judge and tell me what should be done to this person. There's someone I know who had many lambs, animals, many lambs. And he was uh, uh, on a journey. His friend was on a journey and came to visit him. And he needed to prepare food for him. Of course, I'm just paraphrasing. He needed to prepare food for him. And this man who had many lambs, went to his neighbor who had only one lamb, took the lamb and killed it and cooked it for his neighbor. So he had many, because David had many wives, many concubines. And Uriah just had one wife. Many lambs. And, and, and then what should be done to him? So Nathan is asking, there's a man who was rich, had many animals, many lambs. His visitor came, instead of killing one of his lambs, meaning that to satisfy himself with one of his wives, 
instead of killing one of the lambs, he didn't kill the lamb, but took his neighbor's lamb and killed it for his, uh, his friend. What should be done to him? The Bible says the anger of David was kindled. So David was angry and said, what? This man must die. And then Nathan said, you are that man. That God will kill him. You can't kill someone who loves you. God like that. You can't die like that. He said, you are that man. Whilst, the, whilst King Saul, when the prophet Samuel told King Saul that you have sinned against God, he was stubborn and argued out. That's why children should stop arguing with parents. Argued out. Let me explain it. Samuel, the, 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 the prophet, told King Saul that you are supposed to, you are not supposed to perform the sacrifice. You are supposed to have killed everything, destroyed everything. Why did you not do that? Why did you not obey God? No, I have obeyed God. He was being stubborn. He was rejected. As soon as David heard that you are the one, he fell down. Everybody was watching. He fell down and laid on the floor and said, God, I have sinned against you and you only have I sinned against. Now, the heart of David caused God to not use his words to kill him. But the other, the other king died. When your heart is pure and perfect towards God, you are distinguished. You are separated. You are different. You are different. Then David wanted to build God a temple. We'll, we'll talk in more detail. And then God told him that because you have decided to do this, because you have decided to do this, the Messiah, the Christ, will come from your throne. That's why in the New Testament, they were, they were not saying, Oh, Jesus, son of Abraham, have mercy upon me. No, 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 no. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Yeshua ben David, have mercy upon me. That's what we are saying. Hallelujah. As I'm wrapping my time is up, as I'm wrapping up, what would make God choose Rahab to honor her the way God honored Rahab? Rahab has been honored more than many women on earth. The prostitute, the pagan prostitute. Canaan, there were giants in the land of Canaan. Jericho was in the border, around the border, shared a border with Canaan, Jericho. So many of their evil practices, Jericho experienced. That's why they needed to be wiped out. More, we'll talk about that another time. Now, Rahab, so the, the spies went, Joshua sent spies, two spies to go and spy the, the land of uh, Canaan, Jericho especially. So when they went to Jericho, there was a prostitute. Most people had heard about God, the God of Israel. But there was a prostitute. The prostitute's name was Rahab who met the spies because they asked for their top prostitutes in town. And Rahab was chosen, known in town as the go-to prostitute. If you want good service, high quality service, go to Rahab. <laughs> so Rahab was chosen. As Rahab was with the spies, the Bible says that the people found out that there were spies. And the police and all the, the army, they all rushed to Rahab's house. When Rahab saw it, Rahab said, I'm going to hide you. So hid them. And then sent them another way. But before she sent them, she said, please remember, I believe in the Lord God of Israel. Remember me when you come to destroy Jer Jer Jericho. Remember me and my house. Don't kill us. Don't, don't destroy us. Then the two spies said, We swear, they actually swore an oath that anyone who is in her house, all that she needs to do is to tie a ribbon or, or something, something cloth or whatever on her doorpost so that they can see. Anyone in her house, no matter who it is, will live. 
So when the jaws of Jericho fell down, Joshua told the two, the two spies, as you are going to destroy, keep your promise. Go and spare Rahab and the people. What did, what caused God to honor Rahab? Because Rahab is a very, very important person in the Bible. Rahab married a man called Salmon, who was from Judah. Hallelujah. And Rahab and Salmon gave birth to Boaz. And it's also very, and Boaz was from Jerusalem or Bethlehem. Hallelujah, he was from Judea. Boaz was from Bethlehem. Now what would make, uh, so, 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 so Rahab the harlot and uh, uh, um, Salmon gave birth to Boaz, who was a very, very high uh, man, very, very high level man. And he married Ruth, who was also a Moabite, who they served other gods. And she became a, a proselyte or a, a child of God. Hallelujah. Then Boaz and Ruth gave birth to Obed. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? And then Obed gave birth to Jesse. And Jesse gave birth to David the king. Why am I saying that? Rahab, how can a prostitute who is from another country now be 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 uh, 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 how do I say be an ancestor of Jesus. You think that God will have perfect people, godly people, good people, but he used a prostitute who was saved, and God honored her. What can make God honor you and I? What can make God separate us? So Rahab, Rahab was the great great grandmother of David the king, because Rahab so. Uh, Boaz, Obed, Jesse, David. What, 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 what will cause that? It's because of the heart. It's because of certain important qualities, which we will talk about next week, God willing. I pray that you and I will desire to be close to God, to be one of God's favorite children, favorite children. Favorite children, one of God's favorite children. I want that, that, that song. If if you're looking for somebody who loves you, look my way. Yes. As as when David was alive, that's what that one. It was a short banker. If God was looking down, the eyes of the Lord ran to and fro the earth to strengthen those who sat at the towards him. When he looked down, you see David. The Bible says that there was no one like David, whose heart was perfect towards God. The Bible says that, and you hear many times in the, the Old Testament that the, uh, Jerusalem, there was always someone from Judah, the tribe of Judah, to be king because of David. Because of David. Because God wanted to honor David and keep his honor to David only because of his heart for God. Most of the Psalms, the steep Psalms of singing to the Lord, blessing the Lord, desiring the Lord, all are from David. But sometimes it's, it's very strange because David was someone who was killing people. I mean, of course, he had just cause to kill them, but if you misbehave, no patience, you are dead. If you play, you are dead, that's it, it's over. Fought many wars. That's why he could not even build the temple. He wanted to build the temple, but God said, because you desire to build a temple, to me you built it, but I cannot allow you to build the temple. I cannot allow you to build my temple because your hands are full of blood. You, you've killed so many people, not because I'm a, he was a murderer, but because he was a man of war. So God said, you finance it, but I'll let your son Solomon build it. And yet, after being a man of war with so much blood, after murdering someone, taking his wife, he's still the top man. He's still top man for God. So it shows that God is looking for perfection. Definitely, God is looking for obedience. God is looking for holiness. But God is looking more for the heart. But 
if you have the heart, you will obey him, you will love him, you will do all the things you need to do. You, you would desire to please him. David said, search me and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And, if it's, and, 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 and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David said, I will not hide my iniquities from you. I will not prosper. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Who forgiveth all my sins and healeth all my diseases. Bless the Lord. I'm not aware, I'm just out of time. Shall we pray? Father God, we want to bless your name. We want to worship you. We pray that you give us the heart to be one of your favorites, to do the things that touch your heart. Give us the grace to please you and to love you and to, 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 to serve you in every way we can. We want to be one of your favorites. We know in your word that you are no respecter of persons. So whatever you, whatever David did for you to love, to love him extra and to give him that kind of favor and that kind of closeness, we know that if we do those things, you would also get us very close to you and separate us and anoint us and, and treat us differently. Father God, give us a grace to do the things we need to do to be one of your favorite children. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are watching and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, if you know in your heart that you're not born again, if you know that if you die today, you do not know whether you would go to heaven or hell, if you know in your heart that you are far away from God, but you want to see, please, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to be born again. I want my sins forgiven. I want to be saved. If you feel that way, and you, your, your sins are weighing you down, then I want to pray with you. There is hope. The cross is our hope. If you want Jesus Christ, then I want you to repeat after me. The condition is simple. Believe that Jesus Christ is God and Lord. That he's the son of God, which is the same thing. Believe that he died on the cross for your sins. His blood was shed for your sins. Believe, very critical, believe that God raised him from the dead. Once you believe this, you can be saved. Bible says in Romans 10 and 10 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. So with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth, Romans 10 9 and 10, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Please repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Lord Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord, our Lord, amen. Father God, we bless you and we thank you for those who have given their lives to you, Lord Jesus. Keep them and preserve them in Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you all. Let's take out a good offering. To bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, 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 my soul. Let's bless him and bless him with an offering too.
Bless the Lord. Honor the Lord. Someone will say, yes, oh God. Someone will say to themselves, oh God, if I had a chance, I'll honor you. Oh, I'll honor you. There are many Christians who say it. Oh, if I had a chance, I'll honor you. I'll honor you. Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. For those who say it, God, is what, God, God says, oh, really? You honor me. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy. Now, let me show you how to honor me. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. No, sorry. Proverbs 3, 8 and 9. Uh, oh, where is it? Oh, I'm, I'm in Proverbs, Proverbs 3, uh, uh, 8 and 9. Yes. In, uh, 9, sorry. 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance. There you go. So we honor the Lord not only with our money. That one, I'll, I'll be lying if I tell you that it's only money that honors the Lord. Many people honor the Lord in many ways. You can honor the Lord with your life. You can honor the Lord with what you do for him. You can honor, honor the Lord by standing for him. You can honor the Lord by rejecting what is wrong. You can honor the Lord by standing in, in, in the midst of persecution for him. There are many ways to honor the Lord, and this is one of them. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thy increase, so shall thy bands be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Let's give it to God. Father God, bless our offering. Blessed, O oh God, in Jesus' name. May we honor you with our substance and with the first fruit of all our increase. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So you can just text to give or take your phone, scan code, scan off or scan the QR code and you just flow right in. Hallelujah. Father God, bless our offering in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Let me just share a word of blessing. Father God, we pray that you bless everyone watching. Bless. We pray for your grace. We pray for your mercy. We pray, O oh God, that you give us the grace to at the end of the day have this testimony, this testimony before we die, that we were people after your own heart who fulfilled all your will. May you prosper us. May you cause us to be very successful above all, successful in you, and then successful in every other aspect of our lives. In Jesus' name. I pray and we pray. Amen. God bless you all. God bless you. And shalom, shalom, shalom. Amen.